Hey, you have all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble falling asleep. Well, welcome. I, I hope I believe you're in the right place. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. And we do it with a bedtime story. Tonight it's our little uh, fairy tale story type story uh, after the glass slipper. Story of uh, Cinderella. Her stepmother, fairy godmother, you know, stuff after the, the, the Cinderella part. But uh, what, all you need to do is uh, get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. We're going to do the rest. What is the rest? What is this podcast? Uh, what are you talking about? Well, we're kind of like, I was thinking, we're like the clean sheets of podcasts. If we had a catchphrase other than the podcast, you know, what's the difference between a catchphrase and a slogan? I guess it would be the slogan. Sleep with me. The clean sheet of pod, well, clean sheets of podcasts. I don't know, can you have a singular be a plural? Probably not. So, but I could say we're the clean sheets of podcasts. Because you can't say clean sheet podcast. We're the fitted sheet of podcasts. <laughs> oh boy. Anyway, what do I mean? Uh, we're going to create a safe place where you can set aside any racing thoughts, any worried thoughts, troubled thoughts. Whatever is racing through your brain, I'm going to distract you from that. So maybe we're like the uh, clean sheets of the uh, mental, emotional bedtime. Like, you already have sheets. My, let my podcast be the sheets. Because we all know how nice it is when you get in bed when you have clean sheets. My sheets are probably, they don't even, they're, they're no longer fitted. Uh, but they're still nice when I have clean sheets. And I just, the reason it's I got clean sheets on the brain uh, especially for a guy, because you're like, whoa, what a, it's been a while. Hey, this is real nice. Uh, but anyway, that's the goal here, is to distract you from whatever's going through your brain, a little silliness, a little tangential action, if distract you. Uh, and then you, you can stop thinking about whatever's going through your head and fall asleep. Why do I do this? Because I, I've had many a sleepless night. And once, once upon a time, my brother Carl, that I took those tap dancing classes with, I talked about, you know, we shared a room and I would tell him boring stories when he couldn't sleep. And somehow by telling him boring stories, it helped him fall asleep. It also helped me relax a little bit. And sometimes I would fall asleep. Sometimes I wouldn't. And it wasn't always, uh, you know, I've, I've been in those dark sleepless nights before. So that's why we're here with a podcast to put you to sleep. I said it once, I said it a few, yeah, few times probably. We're on the web, www.sleepwithmepodcast.com. You can get a hold of me on Twitter, at Dearest Scooter. Uh, on Facebook, Sleep With Me Podcast, I believe. You can email me, feedback at sleepwithmepodcast.com. Uh, I'd love to hear from you. Uh, if you have any, any interests or things that are you know coming up for you, story to share, whatever it is, let me know about it. I feel like I forgot some part of the intro, but I, I, I can't think of... But I I can't think of what I forgot, so I'm glad you're here, and I hope I help you fall asleep. Uh, thank yous. I want to thank Chris Posty Posterson, who does our music over at SoundsLikeAnEarful.com. I want to thank Scotty and Jennifer, who uh, kindly provided all our artwork you see on iTunes and everywhere else. I want to thank the Lord and the Lady, uh, Defrenestrator, Funder from Down Under, Divimus M., Silvertone, the general, Baroness, everybody else. But uh, right now, I want to give a special shout out to uh, Damon D, who's on the back up here, who does our uh, show notes. Now, Damon D, 
is going to be in the, in the uh, Lake Tahoe Ironman coming up. And he's trying to raise some money. And he's, he's raising money as part of his uh, competing in this competition for the uh, Ironman Foundation. Let me just read uh, the money raised from the Ironman, from his team, Team IMF, Ironman Foundation, I guess probably, will benefit the Ironman Foundation. It's specifically the Community Fund Program. This program benefits those in the communities where Ironman events are held by providing charitable support to a variety of local nonprofit organizations. So we, we, we'll side. Damon D has been a listener. His name, his name's actually Damon D, but that's what I call him, like Donnie D on the backup. He's been a listener. Well, I just want to tell you a little bit. I got this email from this cat way while back, beginning of the podcast days, who said, hey, a uh, cat in a hat. And he wasn't a cat, but he had a hat in his picture on his email. He said, hey, I'm, I've been going through this really tough recovery from a wrist injury, and I really appreciate podcasts helping me sleep. And we emailed back and forth, and it was like this. I'm like, this guy's great. He was supporting the podcast. He was telling me more about his story. He uh, serves the country for, 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 for to keep our country safe. Now, I don't want to put, put, tell too much about him just because I don't want to talk about him out of school. But if you want to donate money, you can find out his full name. You can research him on the Internet all you want. And you can, if you want to donate money to support Damon D, it's, uh, just go to sleepwithmepodcast.com slash double D. Sleep with me. That's sleepwithmepodcast.com slash DD. And you'll go right to his uh, fundraising page. And this is a guy who writes rock operas. He uh, supports the podcast. I believe it was some sort of ninja star nunchuck incident where he hurt his wrist. But I'm not positive about that. I'm going to say go to this again. But if you want to support him, sleepwithmepodcast.com double D. Thank you. Other thank yous. I want to thank Betty R., who sent me a picture of the Norwegian snow with uh, her SASC stuff. Thank you, Betty. I want to thank Andy. He's an Andy-tastic. We had a great little email exchange. Say hi to Sophie H., who was telling me about the chronic pain group she's running, Ben T., Graham W., Trish. And I want to give a shout-out to Kevin K. I think he retweeted something, but I know he's a Seahawks fan. So, hey, Kevin. I also want to thank Kathor Jensen over at the Mandatory, oh, over at, not the Mandatory, over at Mandatory.com, who had a nice write-up about the podcast and 10 must-listen-to podcasts you don't know about. So thank you, Kathor, if I may call you, or Mr. Jensen, whatever you prefer. Thank you for, honestly, thank you for uh, the write-up from the podcast. I'm glad you enjoy it. iTunes reviews, you guys gave me some amazing iTunes reviews. Candace S. said we're absolutely amazing. She gets the ASMR feel. Thank you, Candace. Ads in the way. She calls a Saint Saint Scooter. Wow. Blissful slumber. Thank you, ads in the way. Diesel man. Diesel man. Diesel man, thank you for your iTunes review. Uh, says it totally works. Mindless diatribes. I like that. It really works. It's kind of like lulls. Is by JKB3223. That rhymes. Thank you. Thank you, JKB3223. That rolls off the tongue for something that's uh, since they've had spinning thoughts since they were a kid. Uh, amethysts. Z, z, amethysts. Z. That's hard for me to say, but says fun, rambling, and, and effective, and then maple toasty. That sounds like a a baked Canadian, I guess a toasted Canadian. Maple toasty. Oh, 
if you're dating a Canadian, I guess, and you're not a Canadian, you could call, hey, my little maple toasty, come over here. I just want to tell you how much I, come here, my little maple toasty poo. Huh. Or if I guess if you have a dog that's Canadian, you could call, how, why doesn't somebody, anybody get a puppy in the next, name a maple toasty. And then I wanted to give him a shout out to my buddy Grant, who does not like Game of Drones, but he still likes the podcast. And just in case anyone else does not like Game of Drones, I created a non-Game of Drones podcast feed that'll have all the new episodes going forward without Game of Drones in them. So if for some reason you just can't stand Game of Drones, no, no judgment here. I mean, no judgment here. I mean, if, I mean, I don't know. Tommen is probably crying. So nice job making Tommen cry. But otherwise, you know, just email me or tweet me or something. I'll send you that uh, RSS. Uh, and then it might take a little, a small learning curve to get it, but it'll be, you can subscribe to it. I tested it out. All right. Thank you guys all for your support. And let's, uh, keep this show on the road. Hello. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of After the Glass Slipper. I'm Agatha, your host, your teller of tales. This is After the Glass Slipper, the tale of what happened after the glass slipper, after the uh, after the first season of After the Glass Slipper. This is uh, season two, but really it's just my story that I'm telling that happens to take place after the first story of After the Glass Slipper. If that's not complicated for you enough, I will just fill you in on what has been happening just in case you were asleep or you've just joined us. You didn't miss much. Just, just uh, me talking, telling a tale. Of 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 what happened was, uh, you know, Cinderella was queen. She was doing a wonderful job as queen. All was well, except for the fairies were falling ill. And there was a mysterious illness, and we tried so hard, and it got worse. So Cinderella headed off to a kingdom to uh, far, far away to try to find a, uh, a cure or a solution or some way. Also, I think she was doing some, uh, what do you call that, good... Uh, not good housekeeping, you know, uh, international relations or some such thing. I don't know. But I'm just gnashing my teeth to get... So then I was gnashing my teeth a bit because she left me in charge and I attempted to work with the people one day after she left the next day and then I was listening to the people and... and uh, they, they get on my nerves, but I did not t- tip my cap. I said, oh, tell me all about it. It's so sad about your puppy. That is the cutest puppy ever, but lost to the cutest puppy contest. And then, uh, but at the end of the day, I was tired, and these people, well, they were not treating their shepherd boy son very well. And I lost my temper and uh, yelled at the people, the husband and the wife, and screamed and yelled and shouted, and raised my voice, and spittled in their faces. But there was some confusion about what I was yelling about. And the people thought I was yelling about the fairies, and in some sense I was saying, why would you put your son in the barn with your fairy godmother, lock them, either one. But anyway, people said, oh, we need to turn our fairies out to the barns, they're contagious. And it was a bit of a mess, so then I went to bed, and... uh that's where we'll pick up is the next morning. Uh, the next morning, there's a little transition to another tale. Of uh, That was our uh, catch-up moment. 
and now you're with me. I've awoken for another day, not not feeling so hot, to be honest with you. And then I decide to uh, go check in with my Penelope, Cinderella's fairy godmother, don't you know? And I go all get a big bowl of bone broth and some tea and even some savory scones that she loves so, which are, you know, savory scones. But that's a roll of bone broth and savory scones and uh, tangerine tea. We don't have tangerine tea, but that would have been nice. And I say, oh, good morning, my sweet Penelope. Oh, I'm here with a double dose of bone broth for you. Rise and shine, or do your best to rise and, and, and just drink some bone broth here, and I will help ladle it to you. Oh, and let me adjust your pillows behind you. And she said to me, oh, Agatha, you look so tired. Did you not sleep well last night? I said, oh, dear, oh, Penelope, you look so wonderful and kindly, even though you're ill. And she said, well, what, what's the matter? You look, y'all. You, you, she, she, I said, no, I did not sleep well. Heavy is the I, I, heavy, heavy is the arm that carries the bone broth, my dear. I'm just worried sick about you, you little, uh, you little uh, fairy do. And uh, so drink, drink, drink the bone broth. And rest, rest, rest. I have your... You're roomed, and she said to me, Oh, Agatha, how was your day among the people? That must have been what tired you out so. Why, did you not sleep well at all? Did you, uh, were you gnashing and grinding your teeth all night? And I stared at her, I said, Oh, geez, she knows I was grinding my teeth. Oh, no, Penelope. I, I mean, a bit. It was not an easy task, but it was nice. We, I had a day with the people we went through the town, the quiet part of town, Penelope. Just rest your ears and listen to this. And then we gathered near the the market, and I, I gathered the crowd and spoke to them one on one. And then I played. We played in the fountain, and we kicked water and splashed about. And then we played with the sh- sheep. We played a little sheep game where we missing the sheep. It was called Missing the Sheep. The children, well, some of the, and the adults, we played it so. And then, Penelope, I don't know if you know this, there is a sweet shop in town selling sweets of all kinds. Now, I did not want to give you a tummy ache since you are not well, but I, it was so sweet, the sweet shop, the sweetest sweets of sweet of sweeting. It was deliciously sweet. And then she said, well, I, I did hear some yelling. What was the yelling? And I said, oh, that we also played. Uh, oh, the yelling. That was, uh, we, we, she went, oh, it was nothing. We were just, uh, it was a ga- another game we were playing. She's like, it could hurt. She said, well, are you yelling fairies, uh, shouting? And I said, oh, yes, yeah, fairies get well. Fairies get well was our cheer for, for to give you fortitude and spirit, my dear. Yet that is must be what you heard coming in. I'm surprised you heard that, but yes, that was, oh, it was a day. So yes, I guess I am just looking a little haggard because you know me, Penelope, listening. But I tried and I listened and I said, well, just like you and Cinderella said, you know, listen and, and take your mind out of your mind and put it in their shoes and listen into what they say or something, right? And right then, Ed Penelope was studying me, 
and sipping slowly at a bone broth. And she has this room high in a tower with the many, ta the what do you call those things, the frilly, not doilies, but uh, the material that you know, flutters in the wind. It was so pleasant. And it was such a nice uh, morning for her. And and then uh, one of the the uh, people that works at the castle said, uh, Your Grace, the shepherd boy to see you. And I said, Oh, oh, the shepherd boy, send him in. And Penelope said, The shepherd boy. And I said, Oh, one of my people coming to see me again. I befriended this young shepherd boy, Penelope. Would you believe it? And she did not. She said, Hmm, a shepherd boy? Is he a. Is he a strong, fit shepherd boy of of age? She said to me before he came in. I said, "No, no, no. He's a young boy, a shepherd, a little tiny little shepherd boy, so cute." And he came in. I said, "Little, oh, there's our little shepherd boy. Shepherd boy, where are your treats? What were your sweets that we got you?" And he said, "Hey, remember, I did not get any sweets. They, the, uh, my parents say you took all my sweets." And I said, "Oh, yes, so your parents says." Sweet thieves, oh, so sweet, those thieves. And I said, well, how are you today, shepherd boy? You look so well. And he said, well, I, I moved my uh, fairy godmother uh, into, into the... And I said, oh, okay, okay, great, great. Hey, Penelope, uh, the fairy, the, he also has a fairy godmother. I mean, he did not, when he was, once you lost your powers, I mean, he did not, you, you, for some reason, you did not see fit to serve him when you had magical powers, but he does care for her so much, so let us go and talk to him. He said, and Penelope, she sat up with this, and she said, oh, I have a fairy godmother. I said, oh, you, what, what were you doing with your fairy godmother? She said to the shepherd boy, and he said, oh, moving him, moving him to the castle, as Agatha said, and Penelope looked at me quizzically, and I said, well, the boy has very troubled parents, they're candy thieves, sweet thieves, uh, not in front of the boy, Penelope. We could discuss it at another time. And Penelope just seemed so stunned. And she said, Agatha, really? Oh, yes, well, me, me and the shepherd boy will be settling her in. Penelope, you enjoy your broth. We must make sure we have bone broth for two now. And she said, oh, this is so unlike you, Agatha. That's a... And the shepherd boy said, can I ask a question? And I, I said, oh, do you want some more sweets? Of course, we'll talk about this in the hall. I'll get you some sweets, of course. I will have the cake, Baker. And he tried to speak. I said, well, bake your cake as fast as it can. You can't catch him. He's going to roll it and pat it and mark it. And he said, I mean, I mean, I'd ask her, ask her. I said, oh, I shouldn't have paused there for dramatic purposes before I said the letter, but I did not know the letter of his name. So I was like, should I do mark it with an S for shepherd or B for boy? Or guess it what his name was. But I paused and they say, and I said, oh, of course, you could ask me any question. Come closer to me. And he said to her, have you ever slept in a barn? And I said, oh, no, don't bother Penelope with these questions. What a silly question is shepherd boy talking about barns. And Penelope said, oh, no, no, I have not. Why would you ask? And he's like, well, I was, you know, now that we've moved my my fairy godmother, I was worried that, uh, you know, about the other fairy godmothers and that the, the, the it would be cold and damp in there. I, my godmother said it was bad for her bones. And, and on the way here, I've heard so much groaning from the other fairy godmothers. And I've heard about that uh, godmother used to say, 
the hay ticks, they love the sweet fairy flesh, and that she was getting bit so many times before she got so ill she could no longer feel it. And I said, oh, yes, as I said, Penelope's awful parents kept her in the barn. We must go and make sure she she is tick-free. What a, what a horrible... And Penelope said, what about, the, what did, did you say, are the fairies groaning? What would you mean? And he said, well, I was thinking of the rest of the fairies in the barn. And she said, the, the other fairies. And he said, the ones, you know, the, that were turned out into the barns everywhere. Every fairy is now in a barn except for you and my sweet, sweet fairy godmother. The And and then Penelope shot me a look and she said, Agatha. But much louder and, and sterner than, well, not, maybe not sterner, but very sternly, she said it. And it, uh, my, 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 um, the area on my chest that is not my breasts, but above that, my clavicle, I believe, started to sweat. And I said, oh, boy. And Penelope, she took a breath. She said, boy, go tend to your sheep. He said, they live in the castle now, in the castle grounds, in the castle gardens now, ma'am. I, I. I don't need to tend to them because they're locked up in the castle. And she said, get out and go tend to your fairy godmother then. And the boy looked at me and slinked out like a dog that has been shamed over shame, shamed. And as soon as he left, she said, what have you done, Agatha? What have you done? And I said, well, it was the boy. He, uh, he, he was, and she said, you blame a child. And I said, well, well no, no, the, I'm trying to explain his parents. You see, his parents... They lost the boy. He was missing. And she said, you blame and you lie. Oh, and I said, I well, listen up. OK, I lost my temper. I'll be honest with you. A day of the people asking me questions upon question, upon listening and rephrasing. And, and it, it, it drained me much more than draining. Could it? It, it was beyond. I, it was like I was. I don't know. And I, I got, to, and then they t were treating a boy so poorly they didn't even know where he was. And I snapped. And she said, "You could not make it one day." And I said, "Quite, you old cow." And then the room, oh, he, he was like the. Remember, I said those things that maybe that's diaphanous. Those diaphanous things floating in the breeze. The breeze ceased, as if my words had put a stop to it or something. And she stared at me, and she took a tiny little breath, and she said, Cinderella was right about you. And I again, then if, if if I wished the breeze was going then, because it was so, the way I felt was like the breeze had stopped even fluttering inside me. My, my, even my, my, I could not breathe. And when I looked at her and I knew there was nothing more to say. And I wandered out of the room in a daze, almost as if my eyes were closed, feeling in front of me, you know, just stumbling. And then I reached the door and shut it gently. And that damn shepherd boy, he was right there, standing there, looking at me with his big shepherd boy eyes. And he said, oh, I'm waiting for you. I said, I've... And he said, "We, you know, we, we, we really should move all the fairies somewhere. You know, I was thinking, is that why she's so upset? And I said, I realize we need to move the fairies. And he said, well, that's why I'm here. I'm here to help you. And I said, well, well damn you, boy. Okay, we'll figure out, let's figure out what we're going to do with the rest of the fairies. 
And he said, well, could we keep him here? I said, there's not enough room, unfortunately, and there's lots of stairs. We put your fairy godmother on the first floor, which was a suite for the, uh, the grand, great-grand something I don't know. And then Cinderella jokes, oh, one day you and Penelope could share a room when you're too old to climb the stairs. I said, well, I'll have someone carry me. And she said, well, that's not white. And I said, anyway, I have an idea. Come with me, boy. And so uh, the shepherd boy and I, we we started to walk. Because I had an idea in my head of uh, where we would put these. I knew there would be, well, I, I, I had wandered the castle grounds many times alone. Many times alone. I had wandered the castle grounds, and there was this one part of the castle tucked away, very secure and very safe. And as we passed that way, the ship was, where are we going, Miss Agatha? And I said, well, boy, this is the, you know, we're going to pass the stables, and then we'll pass the smithy, and then we'll be past the main barracks. And the deeper, this is like the military side of the castle where the soldiers sleep and where the horses and where the swords are made and beyond that are some extra barracks. In in case of wartime, right now we don't have very many soldiers. Well, well, we have these barracks for like reserve, they call them reserve soldiers. We went back past the and tucked away with these long buildings filled with bunks, very dry and secure and built, I, I forget which king, which king had built them. And the shepherd said, what are these? What are you, I don't understand why there's so many beds here. And, why, and I said, well, boy, you know, only in a worst case scenario would these barracks be used. And he said, well, how? What do you mean? And I said, well, it would depend on the leader. I mean, the person, the king or the queen, I suppose. And he said, well, what? Well, 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 I mean, soldiers would stay here. And he said, well, why? I said, well, one, we could be attacked. We could have provoked an attack. Or there could be some hordes of, you know, barbarians or something. We'd need the soldiers or all the men in town and maybe to stay here to defend the castle. He said, oh, oh, oh. He said, that wouldn't be good if we were attacked. I said, oh, no, yes, it would be a bit, wouldn't be. And then if or some kings are very warlike, and you know we could conscript every boy and father and man to work for our military. It's a very common thing, and you would have to stay here, even you, and you would be forced to fight for the kingdom. You would be given the honor. They would say you're given the honor and stuff, and you know we you would stay here, and, and you know you would represent the kingdom. He said, "Oh, well, that doesn't. You all you, sounds not. It was would there ever be any good times to use?" And I said, "Well, depending, you know, depending on who's attacking the castle, it'd be good to have people here. Or sometimes, you know, you would need soldiers to keep the peace. Or, you know, if Cinderella starts expanding more, we may need soldiers to accompany her to keep the roads safe. So we might. I don't know, boy." And he said, "Well, is there any other things?" And I said, "Well." It would be another worst case scenario. It'll be some sort of uprising from within, but with a terrible leader that's so bad. And I, I started to moan. I'll be, I they was in vain. I felt comfortable with the shepherd boy. His doe-like eyes. He's quiet. He's a kind boy. Very, very. You know, I could see why the sheep would love him, and they love him. They did. I'm sure. 
But he said he looked at me and I, I cried a bit. Uh, you know, this is just you and me, folks. And I felt all of it came up. Penelope, she, she looked at me and I knew she was right. And she said, Cinderella was right about you. And I knew that Cinderella was right about me. And I said, Shepherd boy, I'm no leader. I am the horrible leader that would cause these bags to be filled. And he said, well, you're, you're filling them with the fairies. And I said, let's start cleaning. And he said, do not worry. I said, do not worry. What if Cinderella returns to find her kingdom gone? Her people gone? I say, well, what happened? Well, Agatha provoked an attack from within and without at the same time. And then, you know, conscripted everyone and they rebelled and she also invaded. And it all went wrong. And he said, well, you won't do that. I said, oh, boy, oh, I, I cannot help that. But, uh, and I said, what well, wish she would be crushed if her people were gone and Penelope was gone. And you, shepherd boy, she said, where's that lovely shepherd boy? And you said, well, he was, Agatha sent him out as a, to a horse's charge. What would she do? What, what would she think? She, you see, don't you think she would know before she got back? Like, oh, you better get home. There's stuff going on. I said, oh, and she would say, oh, that Agatha, I was, knew she was no good. Oh. She, I remember she made me pick up lentils, and I hated her then, I hate her now, and oh, whoa, and she would say, whoa, and her heart would break, shepherd boy, and it would be my doing. And he said, Ooh, I think she would be worried about you and all the other people, but less so, she doesn't seem to be worried about her heart breaking. I, but it would, you might, it might break, but she would still try to help, I think. And she would be like, oh, I, I, and the worst part would be shepherd boy that I would just be being myself, but she would be like, I knew she was evil, but I am, I, uh, oh, and she, I woed and I woed, and the shepherd boys events things, you know. Shepherd boys see the world, and, you know, not in these grays of evil and horribleness and failure, but more, you know, right and wrong, instead of just being a repulsive, because <laughs> I'm sorry. But anyway, I cried, and I mostly I groaned. And I said, oh, shepherd boy. And he said, we should probably get, you know, get the movie. And I said, you're right, shepherd boy. What's your name? Why do I call you shepherd boy? And he said, my name is Gonzalo. Gonzalo, shepherd boy. I like the sound of that. And you're sure that's your name? He said, yes, I'm sure. And I said, well, that is a lovely name, Gonzalo. But you're right when you say that Cinderella would not care for my fate. She would just try to help. And that is just, you're right. I'm just a selfish woman, short-sighted and, and unfit for leadership here or anywhere. And he said, well, I didn't say that. I said, well, you know, you know, it's just not my, I don't know, think I could care. I don't know what to do, shepherd boy. I can't care for these people. I can't uh, relate to them. And the shepherd boy said, I don't remember calling you selfish. And I said, oh, shepherd boy, would you ever leave your beloved sheep with a wolf alone to watch over them? The sheep that love you show you would not, unless you were so desperate, I don't. And then a voice came from the darkness and said, well, a wolf and a sheepdog are not so very different, are they? And I said, well, I said what? And he said, uh, you know. Uh, a wolf is simply a, a sheepdog. 
that has never received the proper training or discipline to become a, a sheepdog. And the shepherd would say, well, actually, uh, uh, you know, they're both, you know, they're, he's, and he's tried to talk, but I, I was so, I said, blah, blah, blah. And I kind of said, step aside, shepherd boy. And I, he, he, he said, Gonzalo. I said, oh, correct, correct. I said, who, who, what the hell are you doing? Who, who are you? What are you doing? And he said, I'm, I'm looking for you. And the man stepped out of the, the shadows. It was the man from the day Cinderella left. A man from the cliffs, I believe. It was a man who, who, hey, this is just a sense of me that he was a little bit like a lost sheep, but he presented himself and with a confidence I could not, it threw me off. I'm like, is this a confident man or a scared man? I do not know. But this is in retrospect. At the time, I was so nervous, I just had a twinge of something. But I was like, well, and then I was irritated, of course, interrupting me and the shepherd boy and listening into my, you know, bemoaning. And he said, oh, yes, he said, looking for you. Sounds like you're having a crisis of, le-. he said, he said, sounds like you're having a crisis of leadership. And I said, leadership? I said, what? Le- leadership? And the shepherd boy said, leader should. And I said, well, a leader should have poise and grace and patience and kindness. And then I, I yelled very loudly. I wonder if I said, should they not? And the, he, the man, he, he kind of, his eyes opened a bit. And the shepherd boy, you know, he, he hid behind my legs where he was, you know, he'd rather be behind my anger than in front of it. And, but the man, he seemed, he seemed almost attracted by my anger. He said, I'm merely offering an opinion, my, my, my lady. But it does sound like you are describing a great leader you are. And I said, I am, I am. And he said, one you don't feel you could live up to. And I just uh, I said, I sighed in the way, you know, like you're going to shout or, or but not a sigh like, oh, like more, like a growl sigh. And I said to you, okay, you're, you're losing me. And he said, a great leader finds their greatness one step at a time. He goes slowly, sometimes one step from a glass slipper out of a glass slipper, back into a glass slipper, and slowly up the stairs of leadership to the top. But it was only one step that started it. And I said, well, that's how he said, well, I guess you have a theory about everything, don't you, there? And he said, well, he said, uh, you know, you can lead as long as there's someone right behind you. You're leading right now. And I looked, and the shepherd boy was you know, hiding behind me, but he was also kind of crossed his arms in some sense, backing me up. So I said, well, he could be backing me up. He's not exactly. And he said, you could be a shepherd with just one sheep. And he patted the shepherd boy on the head. And the shepherd boy said, well, I don't know about this guy, but I think we know. And he, he said, you know, so you're already leading, setting up a place. Maybe you just needed a little help from a shepherd boy and a friendly citizen. And I said to him, I said, okay, well, do you believe this drivel you're, you're spewing about, leader boy? I go, what are you uh, angling to be chief describer of leadership here? And he said, well, you asked me a question, can I believe what I'm saying? And that is not the question. The question is, can you? And I said, can I what? And he said, believe it. And I said, what? Believe what? And he said that you can lead because it doesn't seem like we have a choice. So do you believe you can lead or not? 
And I said, well, you might as well go find yourself a wolf and ask him if he could believe he could become a shepherd boy. For that is just an idiotic question and a waste of my time. And I, I, I you, you know, I'm in a, a pickle, as they say. And why are you, you I don't, uh, and he said, I'm not, I, my, 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 I'm only offering to help. And then he said, would you accept my help if, if I uh, offer it to you? And I said, well, what you, you need to be, what are your credentials? And he said, well, remember, we at the cliffs, this is what we do. He goes, we are leaders. And we teach leaders. He goes, many of the pillars of the community have worked with us to master the, the patterns of thought, the efficiencies of the mind. And I said, this, uh, I, I said, I don't get it. And he said, well, and I said, well, what do you want in return? And uh, do you have any proof? He said, the proof is on the, in the streets of the city. Uh, streets that are paved with gold have been people that we have worked with and many, 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 so many. When I said, well, what do you, what do you expect in return? He goes, well, because if you, if you, uh, he goes, why don't, why don't you come meet with us? I can teach you a few simple things. I heard what Cinderella had taught you about the listening. I watched you in action, but I, maybe I could help you tweak some things. Free of charge, nothing. And if you find it effective, we, we could find, he said, we could find an equitable arrangement. And we could help you lead, enable you to lead, and empower you to lead. Wouldn't that be nice? And I said, well, what do you, I don't understand, you, what are you looking for? He goes, he goes, the joy of empowerment is joyful. But he goes, of course, we're looking for some recompense. But it will be fair and all discussed with all transparency. What do you say? You really have nothing to lose. And I said to him, oh, boy, you got me. Uh, I said, well, I said, I'll tell you what. Let me see you move some uh, fairy godparents in here. We didn't see how strong your back is because you're a little bit, uh, you looks like you've eaten quite a few sweets. And he said, well, I have. I do uh, enjoy a sweet here there after a hard day's work, and I'm willing to work for you. If you're willing to work with me, and I want to help, I want this kingdom prosper. I don't want Cinderella to return and doubt you. I don't want you to doubt yourself. And I don't want any harm to become of anyone in the kingdom. Now, my friends, this is the end of where our tale is tonight, but you're probably wondering, who is this guy? Is he, this sounds too good to be true, is it? Where, where is this story going? I could tell you that that's not important right now. We filled that room up with sleeping uh, fairy godparents, very nice bedding in there, whatever. There was a, what are those called furs, Fur beds and uh, was wool woolen mattresses, and I will tell you, I will tell you that while I have doubts about my leadership, the the I have no doubts that a room full of fairy godparents, all sleeping together, in breathing as one is the most relaxing. It's like a, uh, oh, it's like a uh, you can feel the energy relaxing you carrying you off, so just picture that in your mind. Bunk after bunk, tucked in and smiling so sweetly, little grandparently faces, delightful little grins, wishing you off to sleep as they go off to sleep good night.